Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wide Wonders Get on the Bus podcast, where we try really hard to think lightly of ourselves and deeply of the world we live and love in. Our mission at Wide Wonder is to talk about addiction and mental injury stigma. Why? Stigma is everywhere. It's in policies. It's in doctor's offices. It's in individuals, even those suffering from addiction and mental illness. And it holds everything back. It holds back needle exchanges, even though for decades, studies have repeatedly found that needle exchanges help prevent the spread of diseases such as HIV and hep C that can spread through used syringes while not increasing overall drug use. It holds back widespread adoption of addiction medicine, despite all the empirical evidence that it is effective. Medications are actually considered the gold standard of care for opioid addiction. Yet, they're rejected because people addicted to drugs are still being blamed for their condition. And sadly, the majority of treatment providers look at this medication as a crutch rather than an ally. This stigmatized lens is sadly responsible for the loss of life. Stigma holds back context for how people end up becoming addicted. It holds back people understanding the difference between dependence and addiction. It holds back family healing. Finally, stigma, it holds back compassion and empathy, two of the most powerful ingredients needed to move people towards wholeness. So we were visiting Los Angeles and seeing people we had not seen in a very long time, including Rebecca Passell, a dear friend of my wife, Robin. We went around their house for dinner and Rebecca's fiance got to talking about how he dealt with his anxiety and told a bit of his story. And I knew there and then that I wanted him on the Wide Wonders Get on the Bus podcast. And when he agreed, I was thrilled. His story and the way he communicates that story should be inspiring and motivating. I hope you enjoy Aaron Coot. So uh, really grateful that you're all here. And, and thanks again for, uh, for joining us on the bus. Uh, today we have as a guest on the bus live is Aaron Coot. And Aaron is... Uh, I came to know Aaron through my wife, who's good friends with uh, his wife uh, to be at some point. To be. To be. Um, uh, and uh, so we had this uh, dinner. We went and, and, and hung out at their, their house. And one thing led to another. And we started talking about um, anxiety and stress and um, addiction and stigma and all that stuff. And, and Aaron was quite eloquent about his story and it was very compelling to me. And I was like, I want you on the bus. So I really appreciate you being here. And I want to jump in because this is about you and your story and how it fits into sort of the narrative of wide wonder, which is zero stigma and uh, recognizing and paying attention and calling it out and, and, and looking at it as something that we can do something about. And that's really the mission of wide wonder. And so, Aaron, thank you for getting on the bus. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really appreciate it. And so, your background is. Why don't you just tell a little bit about yourself, and 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 we'll get we'll get somewhere. Okay, yeah. my background. Um, yeah. <laughs> How do you come to be on the bus? Yeah, well, all started in 1972. There you go. Um, no, I, I grew up in in Sydney, Australia, uh, in a beachside suburb. That's um, that's I guess. Um, yeah either hundred dollar a week housing commissions or million dollar homes yeah. um right on the ocean and it's it's a big disparity between a, you know a lot of my friends from all different walks of life and you know there were some tough times around there mm -hmm. you know and at that time 
I guess, you know, the, the generation above us were, you know, not as aware as we are now and they drank to, to fix things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things weren't always amazing at home and, you know, there was a lot of stuff happening outside. So, um, you know, at the beach as well, there were lots of issues going on and, and there was no real safe space. So no safe space at home, no safe space outside of the home. Yeah. And you, uh, you know, you come to, I guess, you, your alarm bells and your alert levels are always on. Right. So over time, you, I, I guess you develop a, a habit or a pattern to, to just be aware of where the next trouble's coming from. <laughs> They're always looking over your shoulder, yeah. always yeah. waiting for the next blow up. Yeah. You know, whatever that may be. Um, and, you know, over time, I found that I was completely switched on all the time. And then that kind of, over more time, I got more exhausted. And then that became, you know, panic attacks and anxiety and... I had absolutely zero tools to deal with it, zero. And once I had my first panic attack, I, you know, I was kind of lost. How old were you, just to kind of give us an idea? I would have been early twenties. Okay. You know, I, mm -hmm. I guess at that stage, um, it's the first time I'm making decisions for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in home for a long time, and then you're out, and you're starting to everything's on you now. You've got no nowhere to hide. Those decisions are yours, and. Um, yeah, I, I guess I kind of, I was ill-prepared. Wow. And um, so I started having some panic attacks and then I, I this went on for a while. Nobody knew. I for those, just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but for those of the, the, the listeners who don't know what a panic attack is, well, like, what is that like? Like, somebody may be in a relationship with somebody who's doing something that hasn't been identified. And hmm. what is, what is, how would you describe it? Because it's your experience. How would I describe it? Yeah. Um, like, what were you? What were your symptoms? What were you doing? What would somebody notice about you if that was happening? I was good at hiding, at hiding it. Okay. Because I didn't want anyone to know there that's was a, anything that's wrong an with me. Part, yeah. Yeah. Super good at hiding it. And e even now, I've I've gone back and you know we're much better at talking about things. And I talk to some of my friends. And I'm I'm very open about it these mm. days. But they said you were you were like that then. Absolutely, I was like that then because I couldn't be any other way. I couldn't connect. Um, so what is, what is a panic attack yeah. like? Well, oh, in my version, I, I guess it's, it's all of your worst fears times 100 and all compounding on you at the same time. It's claustrophobic. Mm. It's, you know, you're out in the open, but you don't want to be out in the open. You're, I, it, it's, wow. it's the, the opposite of everything. I can't even explain yeah, it. It's right. hell. It's living hell. Yeah. And you would not wish it on your worst enemy. Yeah. But eventually it, you know, it turned out to be a blessing, right? Massive blessing, massive motivator for my life, and has, you know, I, I, I guess I, I thank it for mm. where it's it's led me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I totally understand that, and and I think that's that's one of those things that when you're in the thick of it, like you were describing, which is indescribable. It's this. It is a feeling. It's hard to put words to it, but the idea of being grateful. Or, or that being ultimately the opportunity to set your life in a direction that right now you can't imagine it being any other way because no. it's so fulfilling no. is, is such an interesting concept because we spend a lot of time when we're in those situations where whether it's mental illness, mental in injury, whatever we, we're calling it these days, mental health or addiction, it's like, it feels like, at least to me, like, this is bullshit. Like, why am I like this? And why did this happen to me? It is bullshit. Right? I mean, at the time, it's it's like wanting to run, not wanting to run, needing to run from something you don't know what you're needing to run from. Right. 
and you think, wow. what is going on with my body? Right. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. I must be, you know, I'm going crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to end in a mental institution on all of these things. And, you know, every bad or scary movie that I'd ever seen where the psycho was whoever, I thought that's me. Yeah. And that was an extra stress to all of this. So that's where I kind of fell into like the, the fear, adrenaline, fear cycle where I started to become scared of my symptoms, mm. not just my anxiety. I started to become anxious about the anxiety. Mm. And then from there, I was stuck. Then I started panicking continuously, regularly. So from, but I did read a lot of books to slow my brain down, which okay. was good for me. Yeah. I didn't want to think. So I just found reading because every time- So that I, was a coping mechanism. Absolutely. Wow. Um, because while I was focused on the page, I wasn't focused on whatever these scary thoughts were that I did not understand. Um, and I, I, was, I was really stuck in a, in a place of like the fear, adrenaline, fear cycle as, it, as it's called because, you know, without, once, once you've had the second fear, the fear of your thoughts or the fear, the fear of your anxiety, then you start to, you know, the stress, I guess, compounds mm. and then it compounds some more and some more and it's exhausting oh. so over time maybe two or three months i think i was sleeping three hours a night max um i'd be panicking i'd actually i'd have a little bit of peace maybe five or ten seconds in the morning when i first woke up and then i'd remember oh. um so then that panic would kick in and that would be with me and i'd spend my days trying to avoid that panic which is absolutely exhausting. Um, and that went on for a few months. I'd get up and go to work every day because I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want my parents to know. I didn't want to be a burden. Um, mm. I didn't want my friends to know because I just, you know, I guess underlying all of that and why I didn't want anyone to know is because of the the fear or the, you know, this whole stigma of mental mm -hmm. illness. Now, you were going to be judged harshly. Absolutely. Oh I was gosh. already judging you myself. Exactly. You could have been the ultimate of that judgment is that somebody would put you away. Absolutely. That's what I was scared of. Um, so after, you know, two or three months, I was just a mess. Mm. I was sleep deprived. My whole nervous system was shot and I was, I was walking dead. And I thought, how long can I keep up this going for? And, you know, I was, I was tempted to, to finish it. Mm -hmm. Not that I wanted to at all, but because I thought I can't go on like this anymore. And one day, I, I, because I was still going to work, I, I remember I walked into in Sydney, Australia. I walked into the city because I was working five or 10 minutes from there and you know, anxiously walked. And I got to a phone box and I said, this is before mobiles or cell phones, as you guys call them. <laughs> um, and then I, I got in the phone box and I, I finally made the call. I was, you know, I have to find some help because I can't, I don't want to die. And I rang, <laughs> I rang Prince of Wales Hospital in Sydney and I said, have you got anyone I can speak to about anxiety? And they said, yes, I'll just hang on, I'll put you through. And then I'm going, yes, there's some relief coming in. I was so excited. And then they said, hello, psychiatry. And I quickly slammed the phone down and I screamed. <laughs> and in my head, I said, you were right. You are crazy. You're going to end up in a mental institution. Um, you know, and but that right there was the help that I needed. You know, it wasn't the help that I wanted. Right. But at the time, I guess it's the that that moment for me was the epitome of this whole mental illness, mental health stigma mm. that you know we all hide from, we all run from. And I've been thinking about a bit lately that 
how many people are out there that don't get the help they need because they're scared to take the next step. Yeah. Oh my gosh, millions. It's, it's, yeah, it's gotta be it's millions. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then I just, I, I sat in the phone box for a while in the middle of Sydney city with people streaming, thousands of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people walking past me and I'm sitting in the phone box, tears running down my face and thinking, wow. now what are you going to do? Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> my God. Yeah, I'm like, all kinds of emotions are coming was, up for me. Like my whole body is just, well, it was just having a reaction. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, but I said, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of, that was it for me. It was the catalyst to say, okay, there's, you know, you've got to do something here or it's going to be too late. Um, but the, the, the biggest or the hardest part about it was that I had no education. I had no idea what was happening to me. Not whatsoever. And yeah, everything you've done has just been a reaction to and you were adapting the best you knew how. You yeah. were reading, you were doing whatever you could. Just trying to But you had no knowledge about yeah. what this is. Yeah. And so I, I, I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do. And I, I walked out of the phone box after you know, 10, 15 minutes. I don't know how long it was, but right. it could have been an, an hour for right. all I knew. No one cared because they were all just walking past, going to work and doing whatever. Um, but I saw a bookstore. Like it was the closest store to me. And I said, I'm books. There's knowledge in there. I like reading. Books, yeah. Yeah. And then I, um, you know, they've been helping me so far, but helped me distract myself from from this and then I walked into the uh to the bookstore and I I, I found a self-help section and I started I've never looked in the self-help section before but I I've, I felt so alone I thought the only one who's going to help me is myself mm. so it kind of I, and it can't, who can you tell no you no, no one I don't want to end up in a straitjacket and a padded cell but you know little did I know at the time that if I had have gone in and you know got the help that I needed it, you know, it would have opened my eyes and, you know, and educated me and taught me about what was going on, but I was too scared to get I'm that scared. knowledge. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I often wonder how much extra stress I went through and how long, you know, I prolonged that situation when I, I didn't need to. So then I went into the, the health help sections, health help, self-help section. Health help. Yeah, well, this health works. Help. I like that. And I, um, <laughs> I, I found these books on, you know, on, panic attacks and self-help for your nerves and things. And, and I, one by a, a lady called Dr. Claire Weeks. Yeah. And she saved my life for sure. Um, I started reading them and I thought, this lady, she knows me. Wow. And I thought she absolutely knows me from the inside out. She knows my thoughts. She knows what I'm feeling. She knows, you know, not not similar thoughts, identical thoughts in identical situations. And then I thought, maybe I'm not so alone. Maybe I'm not, you know. And then the more I started to read about her, the more I realised that, you know, she had a system that was fantastic. And it, you know, it, it taught me, one, what was happening to my nervous system. Mm. So now we're getting into the physiology is yeah, that what I you're guess, describing? I guess this what's is, happening behind the scenes? I guess the, in the engine, in the yeah, in the system. And I'm feeling yeah. even as we talk about it, I'm I'm feeling the relief I felt then. Wow! Because the knowledge, I was so lost and having no knowledge and no understanding what was happening to me. And when I started reading these books and explained what was happening, and explained that you know one, I didn't feel so alone. 
two she'd been through. That's the very first one. That was your first notion. I'm not alone. Yeah. I mean, it was, I couldn't believe that some, because I'd kept Who's this, following me? Yeah. I kept <laughs> this dark secret for so long. Yeah. And it was my deepest, darkest right. secret. Right. Nobody's going to know this. No one's going to know this. I'm taking yeah. this to my grave. That's right. And then when I started to, you know, to, to get into the books, I couldn't stop reading them. You know, some of them, you know, some of the stories made me a little anxious because it was, I would think of myself in that situation. Mm. And I guess, you know, some people would be tempted to, to pull away at that stage and just stick with the piece. Um, but the more I read, the more I, I understood. And then an interesting thing happened that once I started to understand, I lost a lot of the second fear, the fear of my symptoms, because I wasn't scared of that anymore. I knew what was going on. And then and that's just from reading these books. This is you're getting this knowledge. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. And and that's why wow. I continue to go back to what where I was before the phone call. Scared to let anyone know, and if you know, scared to let anyone know, scared to show my true self yeah. because I judge myself so harshly, and um, yeah, it was a, it was a so from the time story. you were in that phone booth, psychiatry. Click. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. I don't want that. It wasn't no, thank you. It's, it was an absolutely no yeah. way. No, Screw you guys. Yes, no effing way. No and way. then from that moment till the point you're across and you're in the health, health, self-help. Health help. I self love help. health help. Let's call it health help. Oh, health help. <laughs> How much time has transpired from that no thank you, absolutely no way, to your first revelation of like, I'm not alone and here we go. Like, maybe, what are we talking? Maybe 15, 20 minutes. Wow. It's a proper crossroads of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I hate to think what if, what would have been if I had have walked the other way. You know, there's probably a pub over there. I could have gone and had a beer. Oh, more than, more assuredly, there was a pub. Yeah, I mean, right. there's a pub on every corner right. in Sydney. But exactly. It would have been quite well, easy that's to an interesting walk thing. across. You know? Somebody said once that, that uh, churches and... If you go into a desperate area, there are churches and liquor stores a lot of times right across the street from yeah. each other because they both sell hope. Yeah. They both sell hope and they're both pretty recession proof. Yeah. And I think about too, in that moment I was thinking about earlier when you were in that booth having that that somewhat cathartic moment of that of the crying, I, I was thinking about of all the hundreds of thousands of people who are on their way to work, how many people passed you in that booth who are also experiencing for their sure. own anxiety, for sure. their own, like, same thing. Like, amazing, right? It's incredible. Right. The more I talk, the more open I've, I've been over the years, yeah. the more people I've been able to help through my experience. It's my experience too, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, Yeah. so that That's second fear was yeah. gone. Yeah, second fear. Second fear is horrible. Yeah. Because the second fear is what catches you. Yeah. The first fear, we all have those. That's right. We all have anxiety, we all have certain things, but, you know, in a healthy nervous system, this is what I started to learn, Yeah. that in the healthy nervous system, um, you know, you're running across the road and a car comes, jolt of anxiety, get moving, mate, mm -hmm. get out of the yeah, way. Yeah, it helps you, it's a yeah, survival get out thing. of the way. Yeah. But in, a, in an unhealthy nervous system that's fatigued, you know, she talks a lot about fatigue okay. and the, the four types of fatigue, and I think they're good to explain because the Please do. The, the first fatigue is, is you know, muscular fatigue, if we've had a tough day moving something or we've been to the gym or whatever, our muscles are fatigued. And that feels good. 
um, then you have mental fatigue. If you had a big day at work and you're, you know, you're on the computer all day and you're thinking and you know, you're exhausted, your brain's exhausted, so you're fatigued there. Um, then there's emotional fatigue, which you know, you've been, I guess, and these build up over time, yeah. kind of in a progression. Um, and then emotional fatigue, you, you know, you've been, you're emotionally exhausted because of, you know, stressful situation being for so long. Um, and then the last one is fatigue of the spirit. When all of those fatigues have just gone on for way too long, then you start to give up. And that's I've never heard that before. The fatigue of the spirit, that's powerful. Yeah. Really. Well, you know, the emotion for so long, you can handle the emotion, but you can handle all of it, but only for so long. Right. And, and I just thought of something too. It's like spiritual fatigue is not a concept that most people know about because you know, the explanation is that we're spiritual beings, some people's explanation, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. But that that doesn't explain that it is part of us, like these other things you're describing, these other fatigues, those elements of physicality, emotionality. Um, what was the other one? It's physical. Physical, yeah. mental, emotional, and then fatigue of the spirit. So those elements in and of themselves are things that most people don't have an intimate relationship in terms of, from a fitness perspective, mm. right? We'll go and learn the physiology of how to get bigger muscles and, and maybe in athletics like you are in terms of how to be better at, at a particular discipline. But where's the discipline around, well, around the emotional? And the, there's not. We yeah. spend hours and hours and hours in the gym every day working on our biceps and our chest yeah. or whatever yeah. you know, on our physical mm -hmm. but people want to spend five minutes working on their mental yeah it's so fascinating it's you know to me I, I guess I was that guy mm -hmm. I think most people are and but I didn't you know I, I was forced to get there yeah to start working on the on the emotional and the mental and the, and the spiritual yeah, and the spiritual yeah. but look for the for the non-spiritual I guess by fatigue of the spirit I mean yeah our will there you go. Spirit is our, our so will. So spirit, not in the sense of related to any religion or any sort of dogma. No, just in, or do in who it's we just, are and what drives us yeah, and, and how yeah. much longer can we cope? Yeah. And how much longer can we go on? Yeah. Our fight, our drive, yeah. our, you know, that's, once all that's gone, yeah, it's pretty easy to say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna call the hospital or I'm going to check out if I don't have an answer. Exactly. And we do describe people uh, as a descriptor, he had a great spirit or he, yeah. even animals that, that, that horse has great spirit. Yeah. And it's the reason why it wins so many races. It's got something, yeah. this will. To, that's the, that's yeah. the spirit that yeah. in this context for that everybody has. There's yeah. That no, makes sense. You know, yeah. It's not a, a spiritual choice. Right. It's part of it's, who we are. Yeah. That's important. You know, it's our being. That's important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the, the more, you know, this, I was, I was just so, thankful oh that the more I knew, the more things started to, to calm, wow. you know, and sure. Were you I, disbelieving of that? Were you, did you have any notion of like, this can't be it, Look, real. it wasn't, it wasn't instant. Yeah. It wasn't instant. Yeah. It, I had to work at it. Yeah. I, I highlighted pages. Yeah. I, I, I wrote notes on the side. Like I, I made an unbreakable commitment to myself wow. to, to, I deserve a lot. I looked around at all the people in that you know, from the phone box, and I thought, why them and not me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I made that commitment to, but little did I realize at the time, most of them were exactly the same as right. me. <laughs> Isn't, that, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? There was so much separation. Yeah. There was so much separation. The, the, the anxiety and the separation yeah. is an interesting one because yeah. when I was at the height of my anxiety, I'd be with a group of friends 
and we'd be sitting as close as you and I are now talking, mm -hmm. but I might as well have been in the next suburb, the next that. county, that because is. I could not connect with you on any level. I was talking yeah. and I was contributing to the conversation, but I wasn't there. I was so far inside myself in my little <laughs> fortress right. and just trying to avoid the panic and actually more than avoid the panic, avoid letting you see what was going on, on the inside. Yes. Being and, exposed, yeah. always on that being the driving force of the engine is like I can't and I cannot let anybody know that this is going on behind. I'm in I'm in broad daylight. Mm. I mean that's one of the things people say. It's like this is what you know, this is what depression looks like. And it's just just a person. There's no external There's no face of it. No. There's no goiter, there's no there's no like tube coming out of your head, you know, like there's no indicator maybe of was, what's going on behind it. It must be easy to help people. Well that's the thing, yeah. right? It's like at what what has to happen? Does, does does depression have to have an exterior expression in order for us to say, you know, to change the stigma, right? Mm. Because the physicality is like, that's an easy thing, right? It's like, there's an easier way to connect with somebody if it's external, if there's some external yeah, expression of the, the injury. Signs. You can yeah. see the signs. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's, really, it's really interesting. I had a thought the other day on that very notion of what happens to the kid who breaks his arm? He gets a cast and everybody wants to, there's almost like this Everyone's ritual yeah. of, oh, what happened? You know, like <laughs> an expression of sympathy yeah. and compassion and empathy or whatever. And then you have the kid who may be in the background. He could be even a kid who's doing that in that situation. And he's suffering like you've described to some extent, but he'll never get that attention. In fact, he's more than likely to be kicked out of school because of that. It's yeah. very interesting. It's amazing. It's isn't fascinating. It? Yeah. It fascinates me because that's really what we're trying to do on White Wonder is just is just to kind of say, why why is that the way that we do it? Why is there a kid you know, literally probably sitting next to or standing next to the kid with a broken arm and they're both injured? One has a mental injury, one has a physical injury. We may never discover the mental injury until something really bad happens. Mm -hmm. And we may blame that person for that injury, mm -hmm. right? somehow we'll rationalize and justify that it's your fault that you can't handle or that you caused it or anything. Talk about that. Yeah, something's going to give. Yeah. It has yeah. to. And all of your study at the beginning, it was like you were just deconstructing your experience up until that point and the reason became very palpable as to why you didn't share that, why you felt so compelled to keep it oh, hidden. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, that for me, I, I knew because I was... You know, I'd watched so many movies, I'd read so many stories and, you know, and the, the crazy guy or the yeah. one fly of the cuckoo's nest. Yes. I didn't oh, want to, yeah. I didn't want to be stuck with those guys. No. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's... And did you see it in your environment, literally, not just in, in stories on TV or on the screen? Were there examples of people that you looked at and were like... You know, I don't oh, want to be sure. that guy. For sure. Or that one, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, you know, I ended up going to see a therapist just on, on that. And, you know, I once saw, and this is how confusing it gets, mm. I once saw a billboard for schizophrenia, and it was just scribble. It was just all scribble. And I looked and I thought, scribble, that's how I feel when I'm panicking. I must be schizophrenic. Right. And then... Another label. I knew nothing about schizophrenia. Right. No. And that doesn't tell you anything really. I mean, it makes it worse. Yeah. And I was, you know, so then I carried that fear. Right. And, wow. you know, I, I, 
I ended up in, you know, getting some therapy and things that I kind of understood. But with the, I, I guess it was, you know, the understanding was so paramount to my moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the understanding and the, I guess the stigma kind of go hand in hand because I was never going to get that understanding. No. Because I was scared yeah. of finding out what was wrong with me because of the stigma. Because of the stigma. And around we go. Yeah. Around and around and around. <laughs> around and around and around. I was a mess. Yeah. You know, and... and Spinning out. I would, you were scribbling. I was scribbling. Yeah, yeah, I was in that scribble. You were that in was, that scribble. That, that round of... Yeah. That showed my life. Yeah, that's, that's confusing. That's that 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 looks like my path. I'm all over the place. I'm there's lots of different ways that I could that I could describe my own process, and it's yeah. They're it's not they're not pretty descriptions. They're confusing. No, I, just, they're I just wish there was erratic. A, I wish there was a way we could take the knowledge to yeah. the masses because you know without it you you are on your own. Yeah, and you are so alone, lost, isolated. You, are, you know, spiraling around in the circle and. Sitting in the wondering box how it's all, yeah. Wondering how it's all, how is this going to end? Because I don't see a straight line. I don't see a clear line from where I'm feeling, what I'm feeling right now, what you've described, what I've experienced. I don't see how I get from here to some resolution. Mm. I don't see how I get to hope. I just don't see it. Mm. I'm totally alone. That's one of the reasons. I'm not letting anybody know. So that makes it even worse. That makes it even less hopeful because I don't know how to get here. It seems like. It's just too much. I, I can't do it. I can't navigate it. So many people say the same thing to me when they're in that position. Yeah. And I say, well, look at me. Right. I'm over here. I could not be happier yeah. with my life. Yeah. And what you have right now is a blessing. Right. It's a gift yeah. that other people don't have. So you're destigmatizing right there, right? You're, For you're, sure. you're saying what you think is a curse is actually a blessing. It's been the biggest blessing yeah. for my life. Yeah. It's allowed me to have a much richer, fuller, engaged, connected life full of love and meaningful, amazing relationships. Yeah. And that's something you could never have imagined. Not no even. Way. No. I that mean, was not going to be your reality. No way. No. You look at so many people out there that that don't have, don't have, that didn't have that driver. They didn't have that fire lit under them that was, you know, make or break. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are just cruising through every day doing the best. You know, I, I always say we're all just doing the best to get through every day the best way we know how. Agreed. With the tools we've got access to. Agreed. And, you know, a lot of people would rather go and, you know, go to the pub and just self-medicate. Yeah. And... Because on the other side of that is... The explanation or the exposure, I'll be exposed. What is? What are my choices? I do have choices. I can go to church and then go to the pub or go to the pub and go to the church and just keep doing that dance mm. because the alternative is that I'm going to have to look at you in the eye and say, I might think I'm, I'm crazy. I have to tell somebody, no, mm -hmm. that is not happening. Mm -hmm. That is not happening. That is a vice grip. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not cool. It's not. And, and I think that's... So, so the idea is, and I want to hear your thoughts, how do we blow this up? How do we pull the covers? What you've obviously thought of this, what, it how takes, do we pull the covers? It, it, it's, it's really tough because yeah. it, it does take, you know, a certain strength of character to say, you know what, I'm me and I'm, I'm solid. I yeah. don't, I don't care for, you know, I may have had my, you know, times when I was completely lost and yeah. fragile and whatever, but yeah. we all have those. And... 
I, I guess, you know, the one point that happens over and over and over again when I talk to people is they say, but that's your experience. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. But when you do talk to people over any length of time, their experience, if they if they put in the effort and they, you know, they're happy to face the tiger and say, come on, do your best, mm-hmm. rather than shying away and running away. Yeah. Um, and going back to the the quick quick fix piece, yeah. if you're willing to yeah. do the work, you become your experience. My experience becomes, or well, your experience becomes very similar to my experience, yeah. because yeah. this is a process. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. That's really important. That's an important piece. This is not a quick fix. This is not a big event. This is a process. Mm. And it's it's actually very simple. Not easy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But simple. Yeah. Simple as in one plus one equals two, but having to do the homework every day. Yes, that's right. To remember that one plus one to go to the gym every day. To go to the gym every day to do the work. Yes, that's where it is. Yeah, and that you know that for me, I became in love with. You know, I was going to say addicted to, but that's yeah. the, absolutely the wrong word. No, because addiction would mean you were having negative consequences yeah. and you were actually having positive I consequences. I became in by... love with wanting to find out more knowledge yeah. and to work on things that that helped me, you know. Um, I realized over the time to- over time from you know, from being born to late teens, early twenties, I had picked up so many bad thought habits mm. over you know, over time, so mm. much negative talk that I, you know, I don't know where it came from. It just comes from somewhere. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah and, it's there. And you know, once I became aware of what was happening to my nervous system, then I had to start to become aware of why it was continuous, why I was continuing to feed it with BS. Yeah. Um, so then I became more aware of my thoughts, and yeah, you know, like, like I said before, it, it, there was some instant relief mm-hmm. on the once I started to have some knowledge, but. It took a lot of work. Yeah. Then doing that work, you had little wins. And that little win, you go, wow, I want to do more of that. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's the same for people who don't want to do it. Yeah. Like if they have a run away from or shy away from a situation yeah. and then they, you know, that relieves their anxiety, they'll continue to shy away from things. And before they know it, they've shied away from so many different things. Their life is so small. small. Yeah. And they're they're in their own jail. Yes. And with the keys to get out. Yeah. And yeah. I was, you know, I was agoraphobic for a while. Yeah. I didn't want to leave the house, yeah. but I did. I forced myself to and and and, and uh, funny story, I ended up in a in a self-help, like not a self-help group, in a in a in a group, like a group therapy okay. type thing. And and you know, we, we had to set these goals for the week. And you know, one person would say, I'm going to spend ten minutes by myself. And then that's, you know, that was a big goal and everyone go, yeah, great. You know, good for you. And I thought, wow, you, you know, 10 minutes by yourself, that's, you must, your life must be hell. And then, you know, each week they'd be setting these small goals. And I, I kind of, and I was reading the Claire Weeks books mm. about, you know, fear lies on, you know, on the other side of, sorry, recovery lies on the other side of the things that you fear. Yeah. And something just, I had this another like life-changing crossroads moment where, I said, these guys are learning to only go so far, to just get a little bit of the way and then, and then hope they don't panic or hope they don't feel anxious and then running home. Yes. And then I went in there to my Friday group class and they said, what's your, 
Uh-oh. What's what's your horror? <laughs> and I said, I'm going to get in my car because they knew I was agoraphobic and yeah. didn't like to go far distance from home. I'd like to be able to run back to my safe place where it was peaceful, close the door, yeah. get my book and distract myself. Yep. Which is not helping me one bit. That's right. It's giving me a little bit of peace. But yeah. So I said, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive up the coast and I'm just going to keep driving until I don't care anymore. Wow. And they all went, <gasps> You are not. <laughs> and I said, I So first thought yeah. from them was you are not. Yeah. Instead of good on you, yeah. they, you completely freaked them out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I was, I was la- it's, it's all in the perspective. Totally. And, you know, perspective is, is, I guess, goes along with all of this stuff. That, it does. You know, you can either see it as a blessing or a curse. That's right. And from experience, it's, it's an absolute blessing not one you'd wish on your worst enemy, but you know I wouldn't wish my life had changed in, in any way. No, we all get there different ways. We get to different aha moments and different, you, you can't know the extent of the relief unless you're willing to drive up the coast and tell you. Absolutely. You, you just, you can't, and, and I don't begrudge anybody who, you know, everyone's path is their path. I mean, I think that's part of how we get through the stigma is that we tell our stories and we stay away from any kind of bias as much as we can. We just were grateful that we had the experience we had and I'm gonna hold the space for you to have the same experience, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. And and I'm gonna be vocal. I'm gonna tell people my story. I'm going to be transparent because not that you get to do it my way, but that you get to have your own journey of mm-hmm. awakening, awareness, consciousness, and expansion of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that may be just like, I'm going to stay in my neighborhood, but I'm not going to feel like I'm in my own prison, but I'm not going to drive up the coast. My exercise is going to be a little bit different. But you may find something else that frees you. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Well said. Because this is, yeah. you know, and a lot of a lot of therapists teach and a lot of, you know, the medical industry teach that you have to learn to, to cope with anxiety. Right. You don't need to cope. Yeah. You can put it behind you and live a normal life. Right. Just because your nervous system was shot and your and a lot of your thoughts are anxiety provoking. Yeah. Once you give your nervous system time to come back online by stop picking the scab. Right. Like mentally picking the scab yeah. and challenging yourself and cha- you know and and starting to you know following that simple process, not the easy, yeah. but simple. Um you you know you you can put it behind you. Yeah. I'm I'm perfect example that I was. I can't explain how broken I was. Yeah. And I had I had nothing left to give, yeah. and everywhere I looked, I found more anxiety. So I, you know, I guess the second part of of Claire Weeks' books is uh, actually sorry one thing on that on driving up the coast. Yeah. I found when I drove past the. Like the races, which the around the race course, the horse races, which is about ten minutes from my place. Yeah, I thought, okay, I'm getting somewhere here, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then I drove through the city and I drove over, you know, Sydney Harbour Bridge, and I thought, hmm, huh. this is all right, right? You know. And then I ended up, I was a few hours up the coast, and I started. The further I got, the more elated I started to feel. Mm. I, I started to have some more confidence in myself. Yeah. And this is part of part of the the habit forming. You start to and, and you know, and you have a few wins, and then you start to believe in yourself again. Yeah. You have to con- you have to constantly give you give yourself 
challenge yourself to, to put yourself in situations where you can have some wins. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you're yeah, avoiding. That's so true. Every time you're avoiding, you're having a loss. That's a great point. And that loss bank. Yeah. Builds. And that well, becomes. Wasn't it already full? Well, it was already full, but, <laughs> but now it's. Cram some more. Yeah. You just, you're yeah. Just, and then, yeah. you know, every time you, you know, you have a win, it's very, very important. These small wins, it doesn't matter how small they are, yeah. but they never, ever, ever come from avoiding. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, I've put myself in situations. I learned to challenge myself over time. And I think this was a big key. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily believe my first thought every time because a lot of the time that's an instinct. And I've and heard that a, line, first thought wrong. Yeah. I've heard that. And it's an that. instinct that we've learned. Yeah probably incorrectly that mm -hmm. society's rammed something into us and we've learned to believe, you know, we're, we're fat, we're yeah. ugly, we're yeah. whatever. Worthless, like, who whatever. cares? Yeah. I'm me yeah. and that's your story. I'm going to tell me my story from yeah. now on. It's so interesting because that is like, what is the protagonist in the story that leads us to the point where our talk is 90% negative, if not 100%, mm -hmm. where we never get a break from ourselves. That is not necessarily the narrative from other people. Not everybody was pointing at you and saying you're a worthless piece of shit. Nobody was. Right. I had so, so many friends. So that conflict, you know, that I used to say, if some one more person tells me how much potential I have, I'm going to knock them out. <laughs> I really was like, yeah. don't say that because it was like sticking your finger in a bullet wound for me. Because my reality was like, well, that may be true, but does anybody, and I, I'm only articulating this now, I don't think, I didn't say it then, but does anybody know what's really going on with me? Has anybody put together, you know, these experiences that could potentially have created this reality that I'm having of negativity and all of that stuff? And normally, no, it's really, we get we get some of the same cliches. Come on, man. Get it together. Yeah, you'll be right. Come on, pick your, you'll be okay. Yeah. Think positively. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm trying to think positively. I've tried that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but that, but we have champions. You know, we've got people on the outside who were in the way, again, that they knew how. And there, that brings me back to connecting, right? Because you said you could be in a room of people like we are right now and not be able to connect with people. So this idea of, getting to the other side of that and figuring out that you have that skill and you have that muscle, the idea of how do we connect with people in a way that allows them or encourages them to come out like you did. I mean, it was kind of a coming out. You came out of the phone booth, you went into some place and you were evolving like from the moment you read that book. How do we encourage somebody who's out there right now, who is you, how do we, you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah? How Look, do we I, navigate that? I think that? the more yeah. we talk, yeah, the more people know that yeah, you know, they're not alone. Yeah, um, because that's what I felt that by reading those Claire Weeks books, right? And you know, I'd encourage anyone to anyone suffering anxiety to jump on and you know, yeah, find a book, have a read, um, because that doesn't her teaching don't necessarily tell us or teach us how to go back through our life and right. all the things that have affected us yeah. and fixed those. Yeah. That's a, that's very different that's, altogether. Yeah. What her experience or what her books teach us is to help give us some tools to help deal with the anxiety so that things are calm and then the nervous system settles and then you can now. focus some time to go and fix those things because you can't do them at the same time. 
you can't even you can't even listen to people <laughs> when you're panicking. Like, no, no, know. and that's a great point. That is really a great point. So what I'm hearing is that. You know, with the Claire Weeks and, and you having that experience of like, I'm not alone, who's following me, who's reading my mail, all those kinds of things. Um, I'm being exposed, but in a way that doesn't scare me right now because I'm doing this in this relationship well, with words, not another person. I haven't had to tell anybody yet. Yeah, well, she's exposing me through exposing herself. Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. you know, the more we talk about it, the... You know, the, the more we talk about it, the more people understand. Yeah. Um, so that's a good point. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to know, because I, I think this is what I'm trying to get at is, when did you tell someone? When did you tell someone that you were afraid to tell? How long did that take you? What process did you have to go through? Were you, were you willing to or felt like you wanted to tell my mate, my mother, my grandmother, whomever, mm -hmm. to say, you know what? Because you said your buddies didn't know. Remember, they said yeah, you yeah, were yeah. what? That was going on? Because yeah. they've said to me, that people said to me, like, you were addicted to alcohol? And, and I was like, yeah. And they're like, we never saw that. Because <laughs> yeah. still a lot of that shit's going on we're behind very, the scenes. Very, yeah. very good at hiding, yeah. hiding who we right. really are. Yeah. yeah, so that's part of the healing, right? Yeah, um, and to, you know, to stop hiding. I, yeah, I to stop hiding. You know, it, and it takes... It takes some bravery yeah some courage yeah. and you know and i think part of my process was especially how i talked before about challenging my liking to challenge myself and yes. and you know and overcome some things i'm fearful of and i guess I, I i don't know there was no real crossroads moment or like the phone box moment mm -hmm. for me being able to talk about it but i noticed that uh, something changed in my i guess in in my being I came back to being me you know and that was the thing of all of this I was scared of what I guess what health what a healthy mental state would was right yeah right. because I didn't know any better right this is what this is what life is and it's not much fun but I was also scared of what recovery would look like yeah that's a great point that's a really great point. And that, that we were kind of talking to that earlier of a, com of a friend we have in common, like the fear of what that is, recovery, which for all intents and purposes should be a hell of a lot better than what it is now. <gasps> you can still have a fear of that, right? You can still be like, well, you sell it like you want, but I don't know. Yeah, well, the is that going to be the truth for me? No, well, maybe not. There's the unknown element yeah. that, especially when you're anxious and you're suffering anxiety and things, anything unknown is like, anxiety provoking right um but I, I guess as far as that process goes that having a few wins and whatever mm -hmm. yeah I love it that. starts to get you more confident in um but you're you know, chipping away yeah there are losses as well but yeah. you know I, I guess it's probably a good time to talk about the claire weeks four ways that's that's yeah, saved let's do me. That. like first we've talked about the the four emotions yeah. or the four fatigues, fatigues that, yeah. that's really drain your nervous system i love it that it's called fatigue because i think that's every everyone can relate to fatigue absolutely on every level but we're all exhausted eventually you know, yeah something. it's part of life yeah and um then you know the four ways is the first one is is facing yeah or no first one is accepting okay yeah you have yeah. to accept yeah there's a problem Yep. Um, you have to accept the anxiety. You yeah. have to accept the fear. Yes. Because when you're shying away from it and you're yeah. not accepting anything, 
you're sitting there tensely, not accepting anything, yeah. you're creating more anxiety yeah. because by more stress, you're putting your nervous system under more pressure and then you, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, so you're stuck in that spiral again. Um, then you've got to face it. Super tough because, you know, peace and recovery line, I've said it a few times now, on the other side of fear, of yeah. the things that you fear. So you have to face it. You have to stare the tiger in the face and say, come on, you do your best. Yeah. I'm not scared of you. Yeah. And that's looking at the panic that absolutely racks your whole being and saying, I've got no fear of you anymore. So hard. So hard. And that's the that's how I said this process is simple, but not easy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's actually like super difficult, but so rewarding yeah. and so worth it. And it's impossible. It's absolutely possible. Right. Um, and, you know, with the, I guess, I guess, facing things again, you have a few wins and you, you get stronger. But if you don't, if you don't start to face some of the things you're fearful of, you'll never, ever, ever move forward. It seems impossible, almost insurmountable to make friends with the thing that you were fighting so desperately. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like it is. forgiveness. Uh, like, how do I reorient myself to change the relationship with something that was so adversarial, that was so like, fuck, you know, like just, ah, oh, yeah. all the time to be able to like welcome that in, in a way that's benevolent, like benevolent, I'm going to be benevolent to you. I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> and but, to change that but is- But that attitude, yeah. the destroy you yeah. and the fight right. you and whatever, that just, is a tension. It's yes, an extra tension it is. that again drains your nervous system. Yep. That's right. And but I'm supposed to fight, aren't I? No. Well, but it, but that no, I mean yeah, that in yeah, a way yeah. that the the, the social me social messaging is it's wrong. Never give up. Keep fighting. You know, we get these these I messages, the, and I this is that counterintuitiveness. Absolutely, yeah. I get the never give up because I'm never asking you to ever give up. Yeah, we'll never stop fighting, but in a way that is you're describing is not the way to fight. There's a different way Absolutely. to fight. And, I, and, and you will get to that because your jiu-jitsu is- Yeah, smart, yeah. harder, not- Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Fight smarter, not harder. <laughs> exactly. Uh, smart, harder. Yeah. What's that even mean? <laughs> um, and I, I guess with the, you know, and I, you just, you asked me, how do you not fight something? Yeah, because because I want to fight. That's the, to, you know, that's part of in I me. I think I'm there's like, a way. Yeah. And it's in awareness. Yeah, yes. You have to, you have to somehow find some awareness in the middle of panic. You need to sit and look at your thoughts at that time yeah. because the only thing that can make you panic are your thoughts. Yeah. And you'll find that if you're shy, if you sit in panic books for just for a few seconds and, and you don't try and shy away, the minute you try and shy away from a panic attack, you're scared, you're adding more fear, that panic is going to flare. Yeah. It's going to flame up. But if you can sit there and say, okay, well, that way isn't working, that's going to add more. You don't feel it in the beginning. You don't even believe it. But you at least start to say it. I'm not scared of you. And you sit there and you just let it happen. Wow. It's That's a big, big moment. It's it's. You know, you talk about warriors and, yeah. and, yeah. and you know, I guess... They're, they're the toughest people, the ones who can sit in their, in their biggest fear and say, let's go. And we all have the hero in us somewhere. Absolutely. So, so part of that is the education piece, reminding ourselves or remembering that each of us has some aspect of warrior in us. It's part of, the, it's part of our lineage. It's part of our DNA. Mm -hmm. So this whole idea of like that it's not there 
for some person is just not accurate. I don't believe that. I've seen and heard stories of overcoming that still to this day, I'm not sure they were true, you know, because yeah, they're yeah, so, yeah, yeah. they're so like you think fantastical in the sense nobody can overcome that or nobody would ever think they could overcome something like that. And so, but I believe so deeply because I've heard thousands of stories of, of everyone has a warrior. In them. And when you're sitting in that moment, and your body is on fire, yeah. and your heart is God. your heart is pounding through oh. out of your fingers and toes, yeah. and you, it's 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 everything. Wow! And you are so consumed, and you can sit there for a second and actually just think about what's going on and, and become aware. Forget about the emotion for a second, or just wanting to stop. Isn't that part of it? Like, isn't that what exacerbates? I want this to stop. I want this to stop. Well, that's shying away from it. That's shying away. Exactly. That's not facing. No, not that's at all. That's the anti-face. That's the anti-face. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it's there is a, a a change in you. Yeah, and even just to be able to say that, yeah, is new. Wow, it's huge. And you do feel a bit. You start to feel a bit elated in you know. I actually, did what they're saying. Yeah, didn't make one scary good difference the first time. Right, but I realized that I could still think straight under that. Right, that you can actually under have that, that situation. Yeah, and. And it is, it yeah, is big, but yeah. it's small wins. That's right. And um, then, you know, I, I guess it's... So accepting it, facing it. Yeah. And then we move on to yeah. floating. Oh. Oh, I like floating. Because floating is peaceful. Oh, yes. I love floating. Yeah. I actually float. Have you ever done a float? Have you ever done the... No, uh, I haven't, but oh, I need to. You do. Yeah, you will yeah, love it. To. Okay, go ahead. Float. So, yeah. um, so step one. Yeah. Accepting. Yeah. Step two, facing. Yeah. Step three, floating. Oh, I can't wait to get to floating. Or relaxing towards it. Yes. Okay. Rather than running away from it. Yes. So, and we're not fighting it because fighting is going to bring us stress. Yes. Extra stress. That's, That's right. the last thing we need. We're already overloaded. Yeah. With fire burning emotions. Yes. Um, High RPM. Yeah. So we float forward and float into that thought and into wow. that panic. And it's all part of accepting. It feels dreamy in a way. Yeah, it is. It feels horrible at the time. Well, no, but I mean, yeah. in, in terms of like what I'm, what I, my expectation would be some dreamy state of floating because I've, because I have done sensory mm. deprivation. Well, you have so to I think, just yeah. relax your body rather okay. than. Ah, so we're breathing, so breathing, we're breathing, You're breathing, yeah. relaxing, and just letting yeah. everything just, yes. just go. Yeah. At the same time as saying, as, as, facing and saying, come on, mm -hmm. I'm not scared of right. you. Um, you know, and a lot of times you have to just glimpse these thoughts. You get a small glimpse, but that's enough to show you the future. Yes, that's exactly right. There's another what you call a small win. Yeah, small win. Yeah. And you can, you know, at first you glimpse it and then you start, you know, you might be able to hold that thought for half a second. Right. But you remember Small it. win. But you remember yeah. it. Then you yeah. might be able to hold it for five seconds. Yeah. And you notice that your body does get a little peace, mm. even if it's only for a few seconds. And then, you know, and you're remembering you're working your way out of hell one glimpse at a time. Yeah. And that's, this is the part where I said it's not easy. Yeah. Because you're in your hell here. Not easy process. You have to access more and more courage so you don't give up because the winds aren't big enough. Mm -hmm. Or you've somehow saying this is not going to work for me or any number of Yeah. And at thoughts. the whole time, you're also changing some thought patterns that okay. have been. Yeah. You know, because you the negative always, ones you talked about yeah, earlier. Yeah. You're getting rid of rid of those yeah. because you're actually changing your way that you face this stuff. Yeah. So and you're it, offloading that at the same time. That's part of the process. It's completely it's a completely new way. Yeah. And 
you know, at the time, I thought it's all BS. No way this could work. Right. Of course. But, you know, the, the good thing about Claire Weeks is that she actually suffered it. Yeah. She's not just a therapist who's gone to college and whatever and has the books. She knows exactly how you feel. Yeah. And she's not depicting it ever as that this is the this is the easy way or anything no. like that. It's very honest. Yeah. Very important because people can smell a you know bullshit. There's no phony. There's no phony. There's no phony at all. Nobody's phoning it in. It's not phony. Then you know you continue those three steps over and over and over again. Right. And the the fourth one is letting time pass. Mm. Oh my gosh. Not easy. But if you keep going back, because when we're anxious, we want that. And you and I have talked about it before. You want that quick fix. Oh yeah, give it to me, man. And you know that. <laughs> the quick yeah. fix is 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 putting more pressure on you. Yeah, and it's a fix, not a heal. So you're still going to meet that situation. Yeah. We're talking about healing now. Yes, we are talking about healing. And moving forward and putting this yeah. hell behind us. Yeah, this whole symptom fix culture that we've developed and that's it, not the wounded heal thing that I really believe in. That's been my experience, and I can only put words to it as I was feeling it and experiencing it, but. Man, it even, even in drug culture, we t- we call it like I, I need a fix, man. I need a fix. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like yeah, well, it's yeah. not just the I've heroin. I've never thought of it like that before. It's not okay. just a heroin addict that's looking for a fix. I mean, people are doing it in a lot of different ways. I mean, just drive down Ventura Boulevard and see people lined up at Starbucks. You don't think that's not a fix? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It's yeah. part of it's part of our mentality of like there's something there's a there's a benefit. Absolutely, total benefit. Yeah, and this whole idea of putting things in context. You know, starting with like understanding that everyone has a process and everyone has a story and we're all, like you said, just doing the best we can and we're managing the best we can. And I think of myself waking up every day in the universe saying, how are you going to do this? Because it's all now it's happening. You've had your nice eight hours of meditation (laughs) and now here we are and here we are again. And what does it look like for you? And quite a difference for you. Mm. And I want you to talk about an expression of what you uh, developed as becoming a person who has overcome their anxiety and their panic. And I don't know, maybe that's not even the right word overcome. Look, I think, I think, I think overcome is the right word. Is it? Okay. Because it's such a, I don't even know how to explain it, but it is such a, an obstacle or hurdle to, to living a, the amazing life that we all deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just on that letting time pass, you know, yeah, and, I love and that. we talk about the quick fix that yeah. you, you keep picking the scab. Sometimes now, decades later, I, I think of certain things and I think, don't pick that scab. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, not that I don't, not that I'm shying no, away. I, I absolutely get it. Because I, you know, I, I confront everything. Um, yeah, and then, you know, if, you, if you're wondering if it's, you know, because this is a process and yeah. it, it, it took a few years. Yeah. But because you, and like anything that's worth, you know, you have to work at it yeah. and it, it takes some time. And, you know, because you're changing something that you've learned, you know, subconsciously for so long. I had palm cards that I would find the thoughts that were affecting me. I'd write an opposing thought. And if I had that thought, I'd pull the palm card out and I'd read it over and over and over until I started to believe it. Glimpsing again, little win, and then work my way through until I believed that. Unlearning old stuff, replacing it with new stuff. Yes. Why do we have to? Why do we have to believe everything we're told and everything we think and feel? That's a super good point. We are not very good at inquiry. In other words, 
what I learned from a woman called Byron Katie is that your first thought should be immediately followed with, is that true? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, actual, the, the, the act of inquiry is not what we do. In fact, if you were ever to take a belief inventory and got real and got very clear about it, you would see that you have a, a lot of beliefs that you don't even know why you have those beliefs. Mm. You know, well, why am I carrying this around? I, I should. I think I should. Cut. I, I think I need to. You know, I need to do some trimming here because yeah. I've just collected them along the way. They just attached to me for one reason or the other, and it's like I should have the right to decide very clearly what I want to be attached to me as far as a belief as anything else. You do have the right, and you also have the skill. Yeah. You just need to become aware of it. That's right. But that, like you just said, is that first thought right? Yeah. Is yeah. that true? Is that true? It's the same with emotion. Yes. Is this should is this the right emotion? Should I pay attention to this emotion, or should I look at some facts and get clear on what's actually going on yeah. before I run off with that emotion? And then, yep. you know, that would take me, all kinds of damage. That could take me anywhere. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that's a really important skill. That's a way that we can do. You know how we pull the covers? Well, that's a big ask. We're, we're dealing with a huge so animal. So it's like, huh? So many big asks. So many big asks. And the idea of what you just said is what I would suggest that how do we prepare the next generation to have a different relationship with their emotions other than just being reactive? We can be more proactive or actually have a different relationship with those emotions by yeah. asking questions instead of just going for the ride. Because I think we're in an emotional society where we we are more apt to be reactive than responsive. Mm. Where reactive is no thought, response, you might pause before you decide what you're going to say. Yeah. And then you get it, you know, more chance of getting it right. Yeah. Or at least not, you know, blowing shit up or creating yeah. more drama yeah. and creating more. And adding, adding extra stress. Extra stress, extra anxiety. Spiral. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's uh, quite the circle. Yeah. And all of these are different parts of the puzzle that everyone's screaming out for or looking for or searching for when they're in an anxiety state. That's exactly right. And again, I mean, let's talk about this because this is really what I feel like is, you know, another crossroads is how do we get somebody who's out there right now who is just in it and, and they're looking for and they're listening to this and they're looking for one, you know, that, catalyst that'll get them from i'm just not going to do it this way anymore there is another side what is that first step for them is it different for everybody or is there is there something that is translatable Um, to anyone that they could be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this today i think i think awareness yeah because you know with awareness starts a lot of other things yeah I agree, hundred percent, absolutely. It, you know, it does not have to be like this. Once you're aware of, you know, your situation mm-hmm. and yeah. aware that you can move forward, yeah, aware that you can put it behind you, mm-hmm. um, you know, aware that there is so much help out there, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think it's awareness yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I do too, and I also think it takes you know a different relationship with you know, the idea of be- something being wrong with you, mm. right? It's that whole idea of there's something wrong with me. You know, that's that comes with a lot of baggage, but you, that's how we but necessarily you, organize. That's, you know, somebody just clicked in my brain then that you said, there's something wrong with me. Something. 
Let's become something. aware of what that something actually is, right. rather than running with that emotion right. and saying, "Well, something's wrong." Yeah, wrong. With I don't even is, know what it is, but yeah. I'm going to I'm going to react yeah. to that emotion. Yeah, yeah. Let's get clear on the yeah. facts. Let's yeah. get clear on what's actually happening. Let's facts. get some knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we all live our lives with whatever these emotions are, with you know, without ever fact checking. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, facts. Never. My grandfather used to say, "Never let facts get in the way of a good story." Yeah, well, <laughs> I've known a few people yeah. who, who are telling uh -huh. themselves good stories yeah. and, and forgetting about the facts and totally. uh, letting themselves down the, the rabbit hole. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was one of them. I was, you know. I mean, another friend of mine would say, "You know, if you believe it, it's not a lie." You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so you know, but who are you lying to? Yeah, who am I lying to? What you know? Most of the time, it's myself. You know, it's all that it's stuff. Always it's always myself and. You know, I love and I want to I want to kind of bring this full circle when the idea is that there is this seemingly insurmountable space in between what is going on with me behind the scenes, because we already have described that mental injury is not an outside thing. It's going on behind the scenes. There's no outward wound that somebody could identify or potentially get sympathy for. Mm. It's something going on behind and we've, we've, we've created a way of coping or maybe continuing to enable the process because we're terrified that exposition or being exposed means not a good thing, but a negative thing. Mm. Like me being exposed could end me up in a straitjacket. No way. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that. doing that. I'm, I'm thinking I'm looking after myself in that situation. You do. But I'm absolutely not looking after myself because I'm running away from the It seems like self-preservation yeah. at that moment, completely, 100%. But it's completely 180% yeah. wrong. Yeah. And I think that's what I want to get to degrees. is 180 degrees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what I want to get to is like that person who is facing the stigma, who is facing the potential rejection of somebody or something that's important to them. Because I think in a sense, what I'm fighting is that it's the ultimate in disapproval is what I'm facing. Somebody is going to disapprove of me because I think I should be able to handle this. Why is this? This has gone on because of me, right? I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough of something in order to overcome this. Because isn't that what we're doing? for so long is fighting in a, alone for sure yeah if i go back to um floating towards things mm -hmm. and yeah. that's that's gentle gentle you need to be good gentle word. on yourself good word um you know which that's why i love jujitsu so much because it's called the gentle art i love it and that's yeah you know, wow. that's helped me no end and i'll yeah. talk a little bit about, talk about, second, talk about that the um i guess you you talked about, uh, you said something along the lines of um, people are going to judge me. Yeah. When you start to get some wins under your belt and you start to grow some confidence in yourself, eventually you learn that the only one whose judgment matters is yours. Yeah, so true. And you know, part of the whole, if we take it back to what we're hiding from, you know, we're hiding our mental illness or whatever. We're the only one judging us because nobody else knows. Right. So why, you know, it, it's, they don't know in the way that we know. That's no, for sure. No, but they, not even close. And and you know, we're scared of other people's judgment, mm -hmm. but we're judging ourselves so harshly. So harshly. They would never judge us as harshly as we do. It's a great point. They would help us. They would. 
just like we would help someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I find a lot of people with, you know, anxiety and depression and things are the ones going around helping as much as they can because they know what it's like to hurt. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Hmm. So talk, talk a little bit about one of the expressions of you learning about how to handle your anxiety and panic has led you to the, what do you call it? The, uh, the gentle, the gentle art, the gentle art, uh-huh. the gentle art of jujitsu. It's an outward expression I, of what you've learned yeah. in a way, in terms of your journey of jujitsu is, fascinating. is, is been an unbelievable value add to my life yeah. in such a way that goes hand in hand so well with Amazing. my panic and anxiety and overcoming. Talk about that. That is just, that was one of the most compelling things about the story when we talked the other night. So jiu-jitsu is, or Brazilian jiu-jitsu is all about leverage mm. over strength. Mm. And if we oh, go back so <laughs> if we go back to anxiety that yeah. I talked about before, yeah. um, relaxing towards instead of fighting. Mm. It's the two are brilliant, almost identical, unbelievable. Uh, and you know, I, in my old way, I resisted going to jujitsu for so long, and all of my friends wanted me to go. And it's you guys just want to beat me up? No way. <laughs> I don't like fighting. I don't right. like anything. Yeah. I know, I'm mm-hmm. not a fighter. Mm. Um, I'm a lover. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was, I didn't even think I was a lover. I was just scared they were going to beat me up. <laughs> uh, and uh, but I did use the lover excuse. Yeah. And they. Um, I got there and I, I started to realize that, you know, in slight understanding and just in knowledge, I realized that I, you know, I had this power mm. that I didn't understand. I didn't know. Yeah. And we all have it just with, just with a little bit of knowledge. And, you know, I, I'm a, I've been doing it for 15 years now and I compete all over the, the world mm. and I, I, you know, I love it. Yeah. Um, part of what I love about the comp- competition side is that I get to challenge myself where it's only me out there to help to, to help solve problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm under pressure, I'm yeah. constantly under pressure, mm. and I get to solve those problems. Mm. And, you know, win, lose, or draw, I learn. And win, lose, or draw, I come away feeling like I, I overcame myself. Mm. And overcoming your own fears and, more importantly, your thoughts, yeah. um, especially the, the negative ones and the, you know, and getting more awareness and, and having more control over the emotion. And, you know, it's just a, it's such a good fit for me. But there's so many parallels, right? It's it's incredible. Unbelievable. I, I watch a lot of people come through and you know, over the years, jujitsu attracts people with mental illness and anxiety and, you know, I guess self-worth issues and- Powerlessness. Powerlessness, absolutely. Yeah. And they come looking for something. Mm-hmm. and you watch their personalities change over time. Like you watch them grow and it's it's such a good feeling to give mm. a student some, you know, it's a gift. Oh and God. I watch, you know, I, I had this, I, I love to teach because I like to communicate and I like to, you know, I like to give. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a class where, that I always use the same class every time without fail, which is just a couple of little movements of your arm or whatever. So if someone attacked you, you could escape with very little, very little, using very little strength right. because you don't need Because it's about leverage. It's about leverage. Yeah. And, you know, it gives the little guy an equal playing field against the bigger attacker. And anxious people are always feeling lesser. Mm-hmm. They're feeling smaller. They're feeling weaker. And like the world is too strong for them and I can't face it. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple of, you know, just some knowledge, a couple of little moves that could save your life in a, a second or two. God, this is... I yeah. get girls, you know, oh, I'm just trying to think of pounds, you know, 100 and, 125, 130 pounds, like picking me up and throwing me yeah. just because I've I've put their body in the right angle to give them the leverage to pick up a 180-pound guy and, and flip me on my back. This is so powerful because, again, the parallels are freaking me out in terms of you could, you could speak like this to somebody if you were counseling them just strictly on panic and anxiety. You Absolutely. could literally use the language. It's the same. It's the same. And I, and it's just, it's striking me so powerful right now because it isn't about strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what we think. I was thinking that we were talking about that earlier. Might makes right. Push harder, push back, be stronger. I'm literally going to go work out so that when I go into the world, I'll be more strong or more powerful and might makes right. And my physicality is the thing that I, the only thing I know how to lead with power mm-hmm. instead of this whole idea of it isn't about the strength, it's about the leverage. How are you leveraging who you are in a way that heals you? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah. His famous line is be like water. Yes. Don't fight anything. Fit, flow through wherever the life takes you. Yeah. Flow, float, gentle. Yep. You know, water is, is, there's no shape, but it, you know, pour it into a glass, it becomes the glass. Yes, that's right. And it, you know, it, it's, it's gentle, but so strong. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by this whole idea of like, because I think that is such a thing, especially for men, there's this whole set of man rules that exist out there that aren't really written down, but they've been passed down. They're cliches. They're th- never let them see you sweat. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't say that or they'll use it against you. Be keeping you know, your cards close to your chest, don't cry, you know, any number of things Mm. that we hear. And these are all sort of um, uh, expressions of strength, as in, you know, I'm I'm the strength to keep you from me or the strength for me to overpower you or whatever it is when I'm having this revelation about, I want to study leverage. I want to be more skilled and leveraged than this perception that it's all about strength Mm. and power. Absolutely. I love that because I think that is the key. And that's what I've been trying to think about during our talk is any one person can identify with the idea of pushing so hard against something and getting nowhere. It does not work. Right. So that's, it seems like the entry point. And when, you know, you, I, I took a guy, um, a, a friend of mine's kid has been suffering bad anxiety in the yeah. last you know, few years. Yeah. And, and I took him to jujitsu for the first time a few weeks ago. And, um, he was, his face had lit up. He said, so you mean just by doing this, I can get that? I can get, I can completely control you? I said, yes. And he had no idea how powerful he was yeah. with big, just in, that's in a, the first lesson. Yeah. yeah. And I can't defeat you mental illness or anxiety and panic because I'm not strong enough. Yeah. I'm not strong enough to do this. I, I, I'm so strong enough. Yeah. I just need to know the leverage. I need to know the leverage. And that's a that's that little shift in perception that goes from a really a long-standing cliche or you know truism in our society that it really is who's the strongest, who's the richest, who's the prettiest, who's the skinniest, who's the whatever. None of those contain, as far as I can see, the kind of leverage that sustains you 
from a level of like freedom. They're, they can almost be prisons in and of themselves of, of, of thinking that that uh, expression of power is somehow going to sustain you. It never does. We've seen it over and over again in our own lives and examples of other people. There's a, you know, if I relate it back to jujitsu again and yeah. the leverage, yeah. if we all have a certain amount of gas in the tank mm -hmm. or a certain amount of energy or strength or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if you come in and your opponent's bigger and you're going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the yeah. perfect example. I yeah. like to fight on the bottom. Yeah. And fight's probably the wrong word. I yeah. like to play on the bottom. Yeah. And big footballers come in, like yeah. big guys. Yes. And they're used to being the strongest. That's they're right. used to being the fastest. They're used to being the, the winner. Yeah. And then, you know, I put my ear against their chest and I can hear their heart going. <laughs> <laughs> I know that yeah. I've got to hang on for 15 seconds and they're spent. Yeah. Then it's my game. Yeah. They may be twice my size, yeah. but I'm using the leverage using and the thinking leverage. my way through mm -hmm. and strategizing yeah. what's my plan. Yeah. I don't just go headlong and yeah. push on that wall as hard as I can because I'm not going to get anywhere. The place I am going to get is exhausted. That's right. And then eventually I'm going to be, you know, mm -hmm. fatigue of the spirit. Mm -hmm. there and you I'm go. going to give We're up. Back to fatigue. And I'm going to give up. That's right. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's amazing. And look, if if you, I say, if if you spend all that energy. And the person who's attacking you can fight for an hour. Yeah. Where are you going to end up? That's You're right. in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So this system of more strength, more, mm -hmm. you know, more faster, stronger, harder. Yeah. It's a, it's a false belief. Right. right? And I'm fighting that as a person with mental illness. We I am. I life. am that person. Yeah. In life, life in general. Us to, you've got yeah. to get out and fight for yeah. it. Yeah. So the idea is a way in for somebody right now who is still deciding what they're going to do about their their mental injury or whatever it is, is this idea that I can still do this, just not in the way that I'm doing it, because it resonates with people. I know it's resonating with somebody right now when they're saying, oh... The more I resist, the more I persist. That you know, that whole pushing back—it's mm -hmm. that's what you're going to get. So the idea is, if I can even take that and translate that into signing up for jujitsu class and going and I, I mean, recommend everybody. Sign I, up that's for that's, that's why I haven't been to one, but I want to tell you this is this could be your entry point because yeah. you don't have to tell anybody what's going on with you that there's something wrong with you or what, however you're, you're articulating in your mind. You just go. And become a student and see how this I've expresses watched, for you. I, I talked about the first lesson. Yeah. And, you know, people that come and, you know, you get pretty close to each other because it's a very gentle mm -hmm. environment. And it's, it's very respectful and you need to help each other mm -hmm. because people can hurt each other. Like you're learning to, you're learning some serious stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of respect. A lot of respect. Excuse me. Yeah. And um, a lot of trust. A lot of it. So you do develop these connections with People. Wherever I go in the world, I take my, my uniform. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been walked into classes in the the back lots of, you know, suburban Vietnam. Wow. And I've walked into a building with no windows, no lights, and there were people practicing jiu-jitsu, and I went and trained with them, and, you know, we all speak the same, same language, language. And it's the same respect. It's the language of leverage. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very respectful sport because mm. you can't have an ego. Yeah. It will break you. Yes. If you have an ego, 
you're going to either le- either That's leave jujitsu, yeah. or it's going to jujitsu is going to break your ego. Yeah, it helps with your ego. I mean, healthy ego, sure, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, there's always someone smaller and lesser to help you learn that you're just another one of of many of us. Yeah. And yeah. then when the big guys come in and they're used to being the winner, I had a, a friend who played first grade rugby league in Australia um, for you know, big, strong guy, yeah. super fit, super fast, used to being a winner. And afterwards he said, it's going to take me about two hours to get home. He only lived 10 minutes away. I said, why? And he said, I'll be scared to cut off anyone in the traffic. If I know what <laughs> you, you never little know, guys, right? Yeah, he said, if I know what you little guys can do to me, um, you know, I'm, I'm We're leveling the playing yeah, field. My, my yeah. whole, my whole, his whole outlook had, yeah. had, had changed just yeah. because of the leverage. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, again, just kind of wrap it up to bring it to some really important points. And that is, is that think about increasing your awareness about what you believe and what your thoughts are, and then ask if they're true for you and then prove that and with facts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I've heard you say. And also the way into this can be simply with some really new knowledge and Claire Weeks could be the new knowledge for somebody who's not heard of her. And then the idea of what I've heard you say is then you challenge yourself. There's this part of this thing, which is kind of like exposure therapy, which you described of like getting in the car and driving way past where you're comfortable with. And that could be, and then the other way in for somebody could be like, maybe I'll just go to jujitsu. Maybe I'll just, I would do cause both. I, yeah. I would well, that both. is kind of one of them, isn't yeah. it? I'm going to go, I'm going to do something that I, that is fearful for me, but I don't have to expose myself. And based on what Aaron has shared with me there, I know people are feeling direct parallels and resonating with this whole approach to leverage over strength because I tried strength. I tried will. I tried square peg round holding for a long time. <laughs> and I'll tell you that exhaustion, that fatigue is something that everyone resonates with on some level. So how do I work smarter, not harder using leverage, not strength, because I am strong. I have proved I'm strong. I'm still here. I'm listening to this podcast. I'm still a warrior, but maybe I just need that little shift that says it's not might over right. It's not might makes right. It's leverage makes healing like that leverage could could send somebody in a totally different direction start getting a couple little wins under your belt yeah yeah the first one is just understanding that you know for me the first win was i got this day where i didn't sabotage myself i didn't say something bad because people were reminding me be gentle be nice to yourself don't put yourself down don't do those things oh yeah because i'm habitual about that that's just what i do it's just bam 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 i'll go down the list of exactly like i used to say like people would say like you're kind of that and i say you think that's the only thing i gotta be like here you hear like a scroll i can just roll it you know <laughs> well, go clear down the bar yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, that's that's those are the things that are wrong with me as as i'm perceiving it so aaron i'm I'm so grateful that you came and got on the bus. Me too. I think your perspective and your connection, you're relating it to um, this outward expression of how you can be in the world, be powerful and heal around leverage rather than strength has been incredibly eye-opening for me because I think there are those people who just keep plugging along and they keep fighting and that's good, but it's the tweak of how that's we That's what's fight. programmed into us from day one. It is. 
That's exactly right. That's part of the problem. It's part of the problem. It's major part of the problem. Jiu-Jitsu, unbeknownst to Jiu-Jitsu, I think, mm -hmm. is teaching... I mean, you, a lot of what you learn on the mat translates into life. Yes, for sure. Um, and Jiu-Jitsu is aware of that, but I think they're doing some unlearning. Mm. And people that go there just to do Jiu-Jitsu, they don't realize what else they're learning. Mm -hmm. That's right. So many good skills. So many good skills. I'd recommend everyone at least do one class. Yeah. And if you're in LA, where, where's the place to go? Uh, <laughs> you've got to come to my school. Yeah, exactly. It's not my school. It's yeah. a school that I train at yeah. under um, John Jack Machado, okay. um, who's an incredible man. Wow. Um, he is part of the, the Gracie family who okay. founded Jiu-Jitsu. So you're learning straight from the source. Wow. And um, his school is... It's so respectful. Are there schools all over the country that are related to the Gracie family? Are there other yeah, yeah, disciples yeah. or, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, out there? Yeah, I would I would recommend a specific jiu-jitsu school, mm -hmm. not an MMA school. Okay. Uh, because there's a fighting element there. Mm -hmm. And jiu-jitsu itself is is about, you know, it's a, it's a martial art and mm -hmm. it's self-defense and yeah. it's it's a lot based on respect. But yeah. once the fight element gets involved, um, it's... It, it's a different Yeah, it brings a energy. different people. Yeah, yeah, it's a different energy. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. But it's nurturing and, you know, John-Jacques Machado, Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. And that's, where is that located? That's in Tarzana. Tarzana. There are actually a few schools over the country at John-Jacques schools. Okay, so um, if they, if somebody wants to go into the Jiu-Jitsu rabbit hole, that'll get them not to MMA, but to learning about Jiu-Jitsu, again, knowledge. Um, is there a website that they can go to? Um, JohnJacquemachado.com. Um, that's a good. That's a good start. Um, just just Google Gracie Jiu Jitsu. There we go. Gracie um, family. Yeah, Gracie family, yeah. and you know, and there's a long lineage of you know, a long history, and and Master Helio Gracie, who kind of invented it, was was a small guy. Yeah. And he said, "I I want Jiu Jitsu to always be a gift that you can, if someone attacks you and you need to fight for two hours." You can fight for two hours because you haven't used any energy, you haven't used any gas, you've only used leverage and and strategy and strategy, and you're not exhausted. You can survive and you know and triumph. Wow! And that's what it, that's what life's about, really. I, I agree, and I agree that's and again, I think that's an incredible parallel for just somebody who's struggling right now with with something like panic and anxiety or mm. bipolar or anything that feels like I just can't win. I've tried. I've yeah. tried. You know? Look, if I take a lot of people to jiu-jitsu for their first class when they're yeah. suffering with anxiety, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take you. Yeah, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll hook you up with an email for sure for Aaron, for anybody out there who wants to carry on this conversation. And again, thank you so no much. Worries, it's been it's been awesome. You've given me so many aha moments, mm -hmm. and I I feel like you've definitely, without a doubt, helped somebody out there. To, I hope so. Yeah, I, there's no doubt. It's I think you always were supposed to be a helper. I think that's part of the benevolence of all the struggle that you went through because you're doing it in your way. You're doing it not only being here today, but when you, again, take people to jiu-jitsu or doing... Oh, it's one of my most passionate topics yeah. because you don't have to suffer through life full of anxiety, riddled with anxiety. No, you don't. You you're proof don't. of that. You, you, you can don't. overcome. You can You can do it. So reach out. I'm kind of happy for you guys. Yeah. Like you've got a massive gift in front of you. Yeah, big opportunity. I know it doesn't feel like it now, but yeah. hey, 
come live with me. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so good. And that's, come live on the other side. I love ending with hope because this is, and I do this in my coaching, I say very quickly to a family who's got a person who's struggling, I say, let's look at this in a very positive way. And that is, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for you to look at this in a different way that'll send you in a different direction. And I think that's what you've done for people today. So thanks a lot for getting on the bus. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. Let's get at it. Yeah. Let's get at it. Let's get on the bus. And everyone, thanks for listening. And uh, and we'll be back with you uh, again with a new podcast soon with someone else with an amazing, interesting story. We, we really appreciate all your feedback and everything that you're telling us in Instagram and Facebook. And uh, just keep following us and, and keep doing what you're doing and, and reach out whenever you have a question. There's many different ways where without being exposed that you can reach out. Uh, I'll put an email for Aaron in the show notes and so that we can carry on that that conversation about jujitsu potentially or just talking to him about how he overcame his uh, panic and anxiety. And thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you very soon. Wide Wonder out. Thank you, Aaron, for getting on the bus and sharing your story. I'm grateful for our time together, and I look forward to hanging out more when we get off the road later this year, end of this year. I can't wait. It's also very important that we take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Eating Recovery Center, who provides the very best care to patients, families, and providers of care in the treatment of and recovery from eating disorders and related conditions. I've been familiar with Eating Recovery Center for five plus years, and they are simply the best. They have the number one doctors in the world for eating disorder, period. Of course, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Uh, We'd certainly appreciate a review on iTunes. Thank you very much for that. Also, remember to follow Wide Wonder on the web at widewonder.life, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Until... Next time we get on the bus, I'll leave you with my favorite Chinese proverb. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. Take care, everyone. See you next time on the bus.